Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello, design lovers, and welcome back. You are listening to Soft Landing, the podcast that is dedicated to giving you a backstage pass to all things interior design. I'm switching it up big time. I normally record these episodes in the morning because I'm a morning person, but today, just because of my schedule, I'm recording at night. I'm really curious if I sound different, if I sound perkier or calmer or louder or quieter, so hit me up on Instagram and let me know if this episode on how I became an interior designer sounds different or feels different. I'm so curious. I've been working as an interior designer since 2007, and today I wanted to walk you through my journey of becoming an interior designer because I think interior design is one of those industries that a lot of people think about pursuing in maybe an alternate life or if they were quote unquote more creative or even as a second career. I want to demystify this process for you. Interior design really is like any other profession. You study it in school, or you can get into it through your connections. There are certainly many different paths that lead designers to their full potential, but I will share my experience today. And keep in mind, this is just one slice of the pie. There are tons of ways to find yourself at the drafting board. When I was young, like pretty much since I was born. My father was really into do-it-yourself projects, like big time. He built entire additions to the many homes we lived in, from a three-tiered deck to a two-car garage. I was always drawn to the energy of creation, and I would ask a lot of questions when he was working on projects. I, in turn, would start my own projects, albeit very small scale, from decorating every surface in my room to rearranging my furniture every single month. I was super curious about the spaces we spent so much of our time in, and how they made me feel, and why they made different people feel different things. In school, I found myself really loving art and math classes the most, which to this day I am told is a strange combination, but to me it was all related. Patterns, geometries, problem solving. I loved calculating the different degrees in a triangle almost as much as I loved making a coil pot in ceramics class. I remember always feeling intrigued by it an elaborate restaurant or hotel, and as I got older, I noticed these things more and more. At one point, I didn't want to go to college at all. I was going to be a bartender and move to the nearest big city, and that was going to be my life. I think I was over the idea of school and just wanted to jumpstart my exciting life in an urban oasis. (laughs) 
keep in mind, I grew up jumping from suburbia to suburbia as my family moved around a lot, and beautiful architecture and design was actually not a strong presence in my life. So the idea of living in a bustling metropolis was always something that called to me. Not that there isn't great architecture outside of major cities, but that's just where my mind gravitated. Somehow, my parents talked me out of my career path as a bartender, but I wasn't really sure what to focus on if I did go to college. Like I said, I had always been interested in art, like drawing, painting, ceramics, but I didn't really see a career path that was right for me in fine arts. And after some research, it might have been a career fair, I don't actually remember for sure, but... I found the concept of interior design. I was immediately spellbound by the skills an interior designer needed to possess. The understanding of color, construction and building techniques, human psychology, all the things I was interested in wrapped up into one profession. So when I was looking for colleges, I was already looking for a school that had a good design school, and I was surprised how a lot of major universities did not offer interior design or architecture as a major, but in many ways it simplified my options. I also knew I wanted to go to a college that was big enough to have other majors as opposed to specialty art and design schools like Pratt or SVA types. Just in case I changed my mind and wanted to study something else, I wouldn't have to change colleges completely. I think I had this idea in my head that I needed a backup plan from a lot of the adults in my life, teachers, parents, etc., because I was pursuing something creative, which is always a little bit of a risk. I looked at a few colleges, but I really ended up falling in love with one in particular, the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. They had one of the best design programs in the country, and it focused on placing students in multiple internships throughout the course of earning their degree which stretched out the time of the program to five years, but it also provided me with the opportunity to travel to different cities and work at real design firms beginning my sophomore year. And as I mentioned before, I was really ready to live in a city and start my very exciting life, so it all felt super kismet. So, needless to say, I applied to Cincinnati right away, got in, and I moved there. And I think I had a pretty standard freshman year, although, honestly, I don't have anything to compare it to. But I will say the program was pretty focused. There were really not a lot of electives that you could take, and most of the classes I was taking were part of a very prescriptive program. I was grouped together with pretty much everybody in my major 95% of the time, and I was in class for about 25 hours a week and then working on projects for another 50, so I really didn't have full days off, and it was a big change from what high school was like. I was really stressed out, and my friends and family outside of school were frustrated with me because I didn't have time for them, but I also felt like they didn't really understand what I was doing all of the time. But what I was doing was getting deeply involved in creative projects for multiple classes that had a huge learning curve and required a ton of trial and error. 
So many of our design projects were meant to put us out of our comfort zones, and our professors put a ton of pressure on students to speak about their projects in a particular way that made every minute decision appear rational and tied to a greater concept. And it was frustrating at first because none of the projects that we worked on were directly focused on interior design. It was a very uh, wax on, wax off approach to learning where we were given tasks that were vague and unfamiliar to help us learn how to be self-starters in uncomfortable situations. I remember working on building a musical instrument out of trash and deciding to start over at the last minute because I was so frustrated with how it was turning out. And no, I had no previous experience of building things out of trash or understanding how to build a musical instrument. So it was all very new and confusing to me. And this was not to age myself too much, but it was kind of a pre-Google era, so I felt a little lost. We worked in the school wood shop, built models and sculptures, worked in teams and also by ourselves. It was exhausting. I remember heading back to the dorms at 4 a.m. and feeling so tired, but also so satisfied with what I had accomplished. It was a really strange feeling. After freshman year, the program turned its focus more intently towards the designing of an interior space, which was a big relief for me. But honestly, so much of school was focused on theoretical design concepts, which is interesting, but I was still so curious about true designer tricks, like how to make a space feel taller or how to work with a budget. And my program never addressed anything like that. It wasn't until I had been working for a few years that I started to collect tidbits that felt like magical keys to unlocking a great space. And I will say, from what I've seen of some other college programs, there's definitely a variety out there. I personally am pushing for these programs to be less theoretical and more pragmatic, more nuts and bolts, more soup to nuts. Because as fun as academic and philosophical conversations are to have, this is not what is going to train the next generation of great designers to innovate and grow. It's like teaching someone to ice skate and then asking them to snowshoe for six miles. It's not going to cut it. My goal over the next few years is to make this kind of knowledge more accessible to everyone, not theoretical design dogma, not superficial style focused self-help, but real framework methods for creating spaces that work. Okay, that's a little more than just what happened to me in college, but now you know my plans to change the world as well. So back to college. I did a series of three six-month-long internships in three different cities, the last of which was New York City, where I landed after graduation. The amazing thing about these internships was I got first-hand experience for all different types of design. Hospitality, healthcare, high-end residential, the whole spectrum. By the time I graduated, I was not only comfortable in an office environment, I also felt clear on what type of interior design I wanted to focus on. 
This was something that surprised me about the industry in general. There are intense barriers that exist between different types of interior design that no one will own up to until they are considering hiring you (laughs) and you haven't designed an office or a clothing store before. Residential firms want designers who have experience in designing homes and corporate firms want designers who have experience in designing offices or schools. Healthcare firms want designers who have designed hospitals and so on ad infinitum. It has always felt narrow-minded to me and I think so much of what we do as designers can apply to any facility type whether you're designing a reception desk or a janitor's closet. But companies are looking for efficiency and There isn't much on-the-job training in this industry, at least not in my experience, so they want someone who can dive in and know exactly what to do. I get it. Now, all design firms will deny this endlessly. They'll say, if you've got what it takes, they don't care what your background is, but I'm telling you, you're going to run into this if you go into interior design. The one workaround I have found to be highly successful in transitioning from one design focus to another, because I've done it multiple times, well, actually there's two. One is if you have a contact at a firm and they recommend you, that will help you move past any qualification requirements that would show up in a job listing. The other is if you get hired at a large firm that has multiple practice areas. You may start out in one group and end up helping out another group on different projects, which builds up your qualifications for that facility type. Okay, so I finally graduated and I knew I wanted to focus on designing hotels and restaurants and I had a great portfolio and an awesome resume with all my internships on it and I went out and I reached out to all my different contacts at the different firms I had worked at and I was able to get like five job offers. I also graduated in the height of an economic bubble and definitely got laid off the next year, so I'm not trying to brag here at all. But it was a very insane time. There was a lot of work to go around, and New York was bustling. So I came to New York to interview, and I basically never left. I chose the job that I was most interested in, and I started working, and that in many ways was actually just the beginning of my journey. I've had so many highs and lows in my career, And it's been a pretty wild adventure so far. I'm 13 years in, and I know I have many chapters ahead of me. The biggest lesson I've learned is that interior design is really about people, getting them to work together as a team, understanding their pain points, and anticipating how they use a space. From there, I could go into so many offshoots. And if you have any elements of career development or mentorship that you'd like me to cover in a future episode, hit me up on Instagram at softlandingpodcast, and I would be happy to tell you anything you want to know in a future episode. Until then, my lovely listeners, I hope you are surrounding yourself with things that you love, and we will dive into another topic next week. Bye! Bye! We'll